Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Knock On, brought to you by Zero Tackle. Dan, it's been a huge two weeks. Apologies that we missed uh, last week, but geez, we've had everything. We've had Dalliums, we've had Dallium debacles, we've had an NRL Grand Final for the ages. Was the right Clive Churchill medalist selected? I don't know, and I don't even know what's on the program tonight. You need to lead the way. Talk to me, buddy. Well, mate, I'm going to lead with what everybody in the world is talking about. That is Sunday night. Was this the best NRL grand final ever? Let's keep it to NRL because most people that watch this show are young and hip and won't know about football prior to the merger. In terms of NRL grand finals, was this the best ever? Uh, yeah. Yeah, in terms of NRL grand finals, I, I, I'd have it in the, definitely in the top three in the discussion for the top top three in, in no order whatsoever. Two of them involved Penrith, unfortunately. It's 2003. You've then got to go 2015 and 2023. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that, that was the best grand final we've ever seen because of the drama that it had, the blowout, the comeback, the 20 minutes of brilliance from Ezra Mann, the 20 minutes of brilliance from Nathan Cleary, Ford packs just going on each other, tactical changes. It was unreal. Absolutely unreal grand final yeah i agree it was everything everything we want wanted and more we we were both on record as saying i don't care who will particularly care who wins i just want a good grand final i think they delivered in spades just going back to earlier grand finals i actually caught a lot of blowback this week for saying that the 2016 grand final wasn't really that good it wasn't I, it was I, a terrible I, game of footy wasn't very good now it was a great finish Whereas yeah. I think 2015 was a much better game overall than 2016. Yeah. I want to say, though, on record right here, right now, that 2023 was even better because yeah. the points were flowing. As you said, the emo- the storylines, just one twist after another. Like Penrith came out and Brisbane didn't want a bar of it. They, they mm-hmm. couldn't hold the ball. They were allergic to, you know, getting any momentum. It's like Penrith by how many? And then Brisbane, it's like, okay, they're going to put 50 on the grand final here. And then you're like, okay, Penrith... Can they do it? Yes, they can. Of course they can. If it goes five more minutes, who knows what happens? I'm this gonna, was the best grand final. If, we, if it goes five more minutes, Penrith scored two more tries. Like, let's just be – they had all the running. Brisbane didn't know what to do. They were out on their feet. You could tell that. I've got to say that, you know, going back to what you said, the 2016 grand final, the only person who would find that as a great game would be a diehard Sharks fan. And you and I are that ourselves. And while the result was great, the game is not even in the top 10 in the NRL era. Um, this game, it, it had everything that you could want. If you wanted to show someone a great grand final that had drama, points, amazing defense, and two standout performers, yeah, this is it. Exactly. Well, just, just quickly on the man of the match, because I haven't got anything there. If Nathan Cleary doesn't, this is going to sound stupid, doesn't step in on Reese Walsh and score that match-winning try, say he falls over and loses the ball, Brisbane hold on. Mm-hmm. Is Ezra Mam standing here right now with a Clive Churchill? I think he would. Would he have been my pick, though? No. I honestly thought that the best player on the ground was Thomas Flegler. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just thought he was, you know, that try that he scored before halftime and his charges in the second half were really good. Um, you could make a case for half a dozen people. Um, I think Ezra Mann would have got it because of the hat trick. Um, Mm. And I am, you know, I've got no qualms whatsoever that Nathan Cleary got it. Um, People saying that if ever someone from a losing team deserved it, 
it was Ezra Mam, and I, I hear that. Um, I think there were about six or seven players that if they got it, you would have been like, yeah, that's cool. It was never going to anyone, but clearly that that 20 minutes is the most ridiculous 20 minutes I've ever seen. Yep. Great grand final, grand final for the ages, best ever. But one thing that I did feel a little bit let down why were the celebrations, mate. Don't get me wrong, there was that one stupid post from, you know, our mate Jerome Luai who really needs someone to say, Oi, uh, phone, yoink, when he's on the which, drink. Which post was that? The, the, um, the you guys got work tomorrow and everyone was quick to reply and say it's a public holiday, blah, blah, blah. The boy, to, the be boy, fair, to be fair to Jerome, though, he wound the right people up because he posted that at 2 a.m. So technically people had work the next day. Oh, well, there you go. No, I have no problem with that. I think that's just whatever. The, the, I had a problem with his original yeah. post, definitely not this one. Other than that, though, it seemed kind of boring. Are they just like, oh, yeah, we won again. whoop de doo Let's just drink for a couple of days. And then get back I, I honestly think that the minute they saw Jamin Salmon nude in the celebrations, they were like, guys, this is it. Everyone just switch your phone off. Um, what you have to what you have to know is that they they went they, they got back to Penrith at about two o'clock in the morning and then their fan day started at about eleven AM and that carried over into fam, family friendly uh all day at Panthers Leagues Club until about eight o'clock at night. And then you'd probably find that the players were just taken into a function room and it was no holds barred. So I I don't think that you need to see the celebrations out, you know, out on the streets. It's not big enough like um, the Premier League or the NBA or the NFL where they have the street parade because who's going to turn up to it, really? Like, so yeah, look, I, I think I think you would have seen exaggerated celebrations had Brisbane won um, because it was the first time in seventeen years, but this was like the first time in twelve months for Penrith, so. I, I, I say I was just and what you said where it says there the handover they probably all had a hangover so that's probably why you didn't see it as much. Very very clever. I was actually quite I was quite pleased. I hundred percent agree. When they saw that photo, like oh, oh, this is a bad start. You see social media wind up, but most of it was was in good nature, which I was I was glad to see. There was that one post, but again, I don't have any trouble with that. I think it was largely put your phones away, boys, and do what you need because all the trouble came last time after, you know, 2, 3, 4 a.m. The next morning, you know, you don't sleep, you use it, you know, you couple extra Red Bulls. And uh, look, no one, no one really wanted a Valentine Holmes type photo getting leaked out. So, you know, their social media manager probably turned around and said, all your phones in the metal box, you can have them back on Thursday. Exactly. I, I, I thought they did quite well. And the fans, to their credit, they got out in big numbers again, which you can get a bit like, ah, oh, cool, we won again, yay. So I wonder if Dane Laurie was there again. Ah, well, he'll be there in a couple of weeks because he's gone mm-hmm. back there. So he, he'd be well within his right this time, but uh, not till November 1. But Terry, I have a question for you. Now, you haven't seen these yet because the communication was poor today, full disclosure. But should every game be refereed like the grand final? And if so, how can we know or why? Oh look, would you? Would, I think I think this is a two-part question. Would you like every game refereed like a grand final? Yes. Is that sustainable? No. If you did that, if you allowed that from round one by round seven, you'd be closing the competition down for three weeks. Mm-hmm. The players would be gassed. The referees would be gassed. The fans would be exhausted. So, I I love the rules that you start policing. 
all the garbage from round one and then it gets to origin period and we start relaxing things. We start relaxing things. Then come round 20 on the round home, it's like you can get away with a little bit more now. That high shot needs to be a little bit higher. That shoulder charge, you know, your arm can be cocked back a little bit more. So, And then come finals time, you basically don't need a referee on the field, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Um, you, could, you couldn't referee every game like a grand final because it, it, you'd need squads of 53 like the NFL and you'd have three or four players die a week. So, no. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought Adam G was fantastic on that. Oh, Adam G was... As close to flawless as you you can see. In you big don't games, go to a grand final to see a referee. Exactly. And you didn't notice him. It's only mm-hmm. that he had such a good run of form that you were watching him. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you could have said, name one big decision he made. I don't know. Do, do, name... you want, do you want to know the ultimate respect for a referee? When his name was called out, he wasn't booed. That's that's completely true. And neither side can say, even in a close game that was lying in the last few minutes, geez, the referee had an effect on that game. I thought he was flawless. One, you, you can't you can't referee every game like this because one, not every referee is as good as Adam G. Mm-hmm. Two, players start thinking, oh, I can get away with this. And then mm-hmm. you start seeing more and more and more, and then it's harder to pull back. And three, with the greatest respects to other teams, these are the two best teams in the competition, as we've seen in Origin, best players in the competition. You go, I'm just going to pick randomly, you put the Bulldogs and the Tigers, there's going to be about 50 indiscretions that you wouldn't see on a grand final. Round one next year, I guarantee you put these two sides in and you have to referee it different because it's a completely different game. I think he got absolutely right for the occasion, but it's an mm-hmm. absolute pipe dream to say every game should be refereed that way. It is not possible. Uh- I'll say this, if you were to referee every game like that and you put the 2023 Panthers against the 2023 St. George Illawarra Dragons and you referee the game like that, Penrith are winning that game 80-0. Yep, and it, and that, that's just how it is. That's, that's just how it is. The only way that Adam G could ref that game like that is because those two teams are good enough, strong enough, fit enough and fast enough to have that done, you couldn't do that every single game, every single week. Exactly. Great. But just thinking about it, I'm sweating. Yeah, yeah it's mm. just not possible, mate. Yeah. Just want to give a shout out to the video ref too and the uh, yeah. the touchies, who I thought were flawless across mm-hmm. across the, the evening. Huge mm-hmm. shout out. Those are the three, or those are the four right now that if you said, oh, pick your origin refs, you go with that, unless obviously something happens between now and then. But yeah, it's not often you catch anyone, let alone us rapping referees. Adam G, congratulations. Jerry. Talk to me, Dan. We're going to skip the negativity this week, mate. The off-season's getting me down, but it's not quite there yet. I'm enjoying the break. What we're going to do is we're going to break four quick-fire questions down, or not questions, mm-hmm. topics. And mm-hmm. if we get talking, we get talking. Number mm-hmm. one, today, set restart. The Australian Kangaroos have named their side. Now, there's the side, and there's our big heads either side. Is there anything that stands out to you? Now, since this has come out, Nathan Cleary has pulled out and Nico Mm -hmm. Hines has replaced him. But looking at that, can you think, geez, anyone's sort of hard done by there or or has he got it pretty much spot on? Uh, I think Josh Adokar is very lucky to be in that team. Uh, Very, very lucky to be in that team. Uh, And you could turn around and say uh, one of Walsh, Edwards, Callum Mm. My question is... Where's Latrell Mitchell? Well, he said that he's not available to play. Now, I okay. believe 
Now yeah. let, let's. let's that, that, bear in mind me asking that question. I was on holidays last week and I've been sick this week, so I haven't really been up to date with the social media. The team's dropped today. I had a look at it and then someone DM'd us straight away and said that Clear is out. I don't even know why he's out. And that Nico Hines is in, and all I've seen is a whole heap of people saying this halfback, this halfback, this 5'8". You know, if you're dropping Cleary, why isn't Edwards playing? That one really hurt to read. I had to read that a couple of times. If you're dropping Nathan Cleary, why didn't you replace him with Dylan Edwards? Again, just struggling there. But uh, overall, I think it's a really, really good team. Now, here's the biggest thing that I had is someone... And again, I've got to stay on Facebook, right? I've got to stay on Facebook. But someone was really disappointed that Payne Haas didn't elect to play for some more. Okay. Payne Haas, born in Newcastle, Australia, probably never been to Samoa in his life, elected to play for his country of birth on his birth certificate and his passport where it says his nationality is Australian. You could be disappointed if Stephen Crichton, who was born in Samoa, elected to play for Australia. You can't be disappointed in Payne Haas, just like you can't be disappointed in Tino. They're born here. They have, it's their right, their heritage is Samoan. Their nationality is Australian. 100%. I, I have no problem with this side. I think every player is going to be fantastic. I think, I, I, I think Valentine Holmes is really lucky to, to get a run as well. I, I If I had to make one, probably him and Bradman best. You know, yeah, again, Josh Adokar doesn't sit well with me. Like, he it it was garbage. No, yeah, no, no, look, I'm I'm not definitely not going to argue with you. You can pick probably six or seven wingers that could do a really good job. You look at that squad though, and you think, geez, it's strong. The major issue I have is that they haven't come out and said, okay, Latrell Mitchell is unavailable because of such and such. We've seen Nathan Cleary pull out because of. Uh, a grand final injury. Obviously, Jerome Luai's not playing for Samoa because he was injured. Well, I heard that Caelan Ponga was unavailable. Now, I don't think that's public knowledge, and I may be mixing it up with, with Origin. I think he needs a shoulder, you know, surgery or a scope or something. I just heard someone on the grapevine last week, and I knew he wasn't going to be picked, so I didn't even consider him when this came up. But a lot of players, like if you went to, like Sione Katoa hasn't been picked for, for Tonga. He might have a knee injury that he's been waiting and Fitz has said, oh, you need to go in for surgery ASAP. We need you for preseason. Or, you know, someone might be getting married and they got, you know, they don't want to go to England to play for Samoa. They want to get married to, the, you know, the, a lady that's been waiting for years and years. There's a lot of things that come into availability in the off-season. And although it's not technically the off-season yet, it's an off-season for a lot of players that haven't played in four or five weeks that are probably, you know, a little bit, little bit out of shape, a little bit, you know, looking at holidays and stuff. So you can't expect everyone to be available is what I'm saying. And if Latrell Mitchell's got a sore knee or a sore ankle or he doesn't feel quite right, if I'm a South fan, I'm saying don't play for Australia. Go and get right because we need you to win a premiership next year. And I think it's the same with a lot of players that you haven't seen named. So I certainly wouldn't blow up if a player you want hasn't been named. But that squad is ridiculously, one through 17 and beyond is, is crazy. And when you... Go Nathan Cleary, who's the form halfback of the comp, you know, just won a Clive Churchill. You drop him and you can bring in Nico Hines, who won last year's Daly M, and then slide Daly Cherry Evans up and bring Ben Hunt in if you need to. 
I think that side's going to be okay, even without those few players that haven't. I just, I've just read here that Caelan, uh, sorry, that Latrell Mitchell, South Sydney ruled Latrell Mitchell out of the Australian team with a finger injury, but allowed him to play in the Koori Cup. However, Mal Meninga has confirmed that there was no room for Callum Ponga, Dylan Edwards, or Reese Walsh with James Tedesco retaining the captaincy. So basically what you can say here um, is that James Tedesco is going to play every game in the off-season for Australia. Well, you got Hammer and you got Val, so there's plenty of fullbacks there. I think. They're probably your centres, though, aren't they? Look, potentially, but what do you do with Katoni Staggs? So and Cobo can play in the centres. Katoni Staggs is the Australian team. Right, he's there. Now, I'm just that side is ridiculous, and you can't carry three or four fullbacks because you got centres and three fullbacks. So I, I think it's a really, really strong side. Yeah, looks strong. Moving on, though, the Kiwis. They've named their side. Now, there are a few players missing here. That is very, very strong, especially up front. Yeah, it loses to Australia by 20 points. I don't care what you say. Look, it does. There's this, The gap has widened for me. I, for yeah. this guy. But you look at players like Leo Thompson that comes in. What a season yeah. he's had. Yep. Danny Levi is probably the shock there for me. Jermaine Zarco has come in after a brilliant Matt, season. Matt Timoko? Matt Timoko. There's, that, there's plenty of points there. Obviously, you got uh, Griffin Neem was another one that came in. Ronaldo, obviously, Sharks fan, big one for us. Sec, third one down, though, Farmanu Brown. Bit of a yeah, shot. Well, well you got to have oh, Brandon, Brandon Smith and uh, Jeremy Marshall King, both unavailable due to injury. And these two are the next best number nines, Danny Levi and Farmanu Brown. So, yep. Yep. Cool. Going to get flogged. Definitely not the strongest side they've named. Uh, plenty of talent in there. That My question is pretty much moot now. Can they test Australia? And we'll get onto it in a minute. Yeah. Can they Can they, Can they? they beat Tonga? Yeah, yeah, look, I had a look at that Tongan team there, and it's got a great forward pack. It's got a great back line. But, it's again, it's got no halfback, no number nine that I could see in there that was recognised. Um, they'll, beat, they'll beat Tonga. And will they test Australia? Yeah, like they always test Australia. Even when you see games where Australia won 30 to 12, like there's always a physical battle and it always takes Australia time to get their dominance over the line. But look, any, anything that Australia chucking a Herbie Farmworth and, Farmworth and moonwalking backwards in this competition, I'll be shocked. Completely fair. We will just touch quickly on the, uh, the Samoan and the Tongan sides. Now, you look at these four packs. We'll go to Tonga first. The four-pack's ridiculous. It is stacked mm-hmm. right across, and their bench is going to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But again, with the greatest respect to the players' names, there is not a halfback in the world. Yeah. The only, 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 you know, the only uh, the half that I can see on there is Lola here. Lola here, yeah. And you've got, you've got the young kid that's, uh, I think, is okay, going across. Is it, is it uh, Kinney? Uh, Kenny, he's fullback for, um, I believe, but uh, Fanu, Fanu at the top, Latu Fanu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but you look at names, you look at Fanua Blake and Mo Futawaka, and you think, okay, you know, Tavita Tatola might have to come off the bench. That is ridiculous. And yeah. obviously, you've got Tolomatangi and Ola Kawatu, mm-hmm. both of you 
probably could have been named for Australia, let's be totally honest. Mm-hmm. C.Y. Wong is a huge standout for me. Yep. I love that selection. They're fast-tracking him. You know, Felice Kafusi, Alessi Katoa, they're going to have plenty. Isaiah Katoa, of course, he can play a bit of halfback as well. Avili, Frizzell. Frizzell's a, a shock. I, I I didn't wasn't expecting that. Penicilli. It's a great side, but... It's, 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 it's a good side. Look, they're going over to play England, I believe. Um, they should beat England. Should they? Yeah. Like that forward I mean, I mean, I mean England, England hold themselves very well. England do hold themselves very well on the international stage. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, look. The, I, I think probably the only advantage that England have is they do have a re- recognised halfback, hooker and fullback. Mm, and it's, yes. not, it's not makeshift. And a lot of those are club combinations. So, look, you got to be super proud of this Tongan team and excited to watch it. Um, I, I don't know who's in the... Uh, all I, like I, I said to someone today that they're going to get flogged by Australia and they go, well, lucky they're going over to play England. Yeah, very lucky. Very lucky they're going over to play England because they would get flogged by Australia, but probably hold their own against England. That's true. You know, we look at, we go across to Samoa and there are some superstars there. Obviously, Stephen Crichton is the, the headline act as he is mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, you know, to- oh, that's a fearsome outside back. Crichton might have to play six is my only thing. You got Olu- Olu- Oluwapu is there. No, Dan- you know? Dan there. He, he'll play six. Look, there you go. And, and look, there's plenty of talent here too. I mean, Terrell May is a real standout. He's had a yeah. tremendous season. And yeah, I think he's full, full credit to Greg Marzu because he completely, you know, he couldn't even make that Titans team. No, um, spot on. And now he's gone, you know, I reckon he was snubbed in the discussion of winger of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he had a huge season. So, look, that, that Samoan team, again, depending on who they're playing, like if they're going up against Australia, just, just chalk the W up to Australia and let them – you know, they're going to win by as many as they want. If they're going over to England, they can probably compete with that. Now, last time they went over and played in England, they got flogged in the first game and then came back and won off the back of some absolute Jerome Luai uh, brilliance. But he's not there now. But you just got to hope that that momentum that they got can keep them over the line. And anytime you're running out with Stephen Crichton in the form that he's in, man, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're a shot. It's going, to, it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to this. Now, just, just having a look here, we've got, um, you know, the Kangaroos and Samoa kick off Saturday, 14th of October. So we've only got okay. one weekend without rugby league. Okay. Well, then Australia then, are going to beat Samoa by probably about 30 or 40 points. Look, potentially. And then you got the Kumuls and the Cook Islands. So we'll, we'll start seeing those teams filter through. If not, Oh, yeah, already. no, the, the Cook Islands team was announced today. I, I did see that. Um, Kay Liro headlined that. So, And I did saw the. PNG team is uh, captained by Alex Johnson. So fantastic. That'll be, that'll be, I mean, that's a great test match. Like that's they're your nations that are like what eighth and ninth in the world, maybe. But you know, eighth against Australia, it's a flog, and eighth and ninth against each other. This game is going to be juicy. I'm really, really looking forward to this. But uh, mate, this one, this one got me. Angus Crichton, rugby union, not happening. I was I was shocked to hear that he was linked for uh, with the move. Now I know he is a rugby rugby boy. You know, rah rah the inferior code. I don't care what anyone says. I didn't even know there was a World Cup still on. Australia got flogged. I don't care. And even then, I had to be told of the score. Is Angus Crichton the bloke that they are? They are used 
needs to say, hey, you'll make the difference between us getting flogged by whoever and us winning the World Cup because I don't think they're wasting their time. I don't think Angus Crichton's that good anymore. Well, I don't think he's that good anymore, but do you really need to be like good to play rugby union? It's a crap game. He's probably um, going to be the best board, but still. I, I, would, I would love to know the reasons why it was off because they were trumpeting this like they were getting him back. Um, I heard rumblings that, and it's a really strange deal when you sign for the ARU because apparently if you don't have a team, they can choose where you go and play. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like he was going to Perth. And that's enough, like, for Angus Crichton to just turn around and go, look, my life was in disarray in the off-season. Too much change. I'm going back to play rugby. Yeah, asking me to leave Sydney. I don't know if Angus Crichton's got kids. I don't know anything about him, to be honest, apart from the fact he posted the Roosters and he was at one time the best second row in the competition. Um, but if you're asking someone who's just come off, like, bad mental health issues to pack up their entire life and go and play a different game in another state, not just going to Queensland or Victoria, but going to the other side of the country, away from his network, away from the people that he, you know, support that, that support him and he depends on. Yeah, I can I can quickly see how that deal fell off. Look, if he was going to play for the New South Wales Waratahs, I don't understand it. If you, but if, if it was true that he was going to play for Perth, I understand why he pulled out. Yeah, completely fair. I look, I certainly have nothing against Angus Crichton. You and I both said, oh, like, oh I'd, I'd, have, I'd have him at Cronulla in a heartbeat for the right for the right money. Look, I still would, but the Rugby Union have a World Cup cycle coming up. Obviously, this next one, this World Cup that seemingly will never end, ends soon, I suppose. Then there's a British and Irish Lions tour, which is huge for the rugby folk. I don't care. Couldn't name three players in either side. just doesn't affect me. If the game's on, I'll watch it and get caught up and probably until we're 20 nil behind and then think, why am I watching this crap? You put Angus Crichton in that side, it's going to make no difference. I think they've got to go after a player like... They've got to get a big fish. We saw years and years and years ago when rugby was in the doldrums and no one cared, they went and got Matt Rogers, who was one of the biggest names in rugby league and like overnight became the biggest name in rugby union because he's on all the papers because people care about rugby league a lot more than rugby union. I think that's unfair to say. Look at the ratings. Look where that is compared to where the NRL is every single week. And I don't mean to turn this into a union bashing session, but it's really easy and really fun. If they want to come in all cashed up, look, Joseph Suwali is a fantastic young player, but he's a winger. They need to go in and they need to get Nathan Cleary. They need to go to Jerome Luai and go, you reckon you could come across and win us a World Cup? Because until they get a huge name like that, no one's going to care. Yeah. What, why well, would you look at it and go, oh, cool, Angus Crichton and Joseph Suwali. Cool, we got flogged by, what, 100 points last week? See, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think Nathan Cleary is a rugby union type player. I think, like... It's someone like Monster that you need to go and get who is happy just to boot the living daylights out of the ball um, and then, you know, slice open a team when he can. Whereas, you know, Cleary's a check and chesses, uh, uh, chess and checkers type player. Um, yeah, look, I, I was, I've just read it that it was definitely the Western Force who were going for Angus Crichton, so I understand why that deal has fallen over. I agree with you about going and getting a big-name player, but... I just, I honestly think now that the big name players are not the one, like our big name players are, are not the one, like you can't, they can't go and get a Nico Hines or a Nathan Cleary or a Ben Hunt to go and play fly half because it's not just going to work. It, it's a completely different game. But, I, you know, someone like someone like a monster who could just be a an absolute game breaker, that, that would be the one, but I don't think you're going to get him away from Melbourne. 
Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Knock On, brought to you by Zero Tackle. It is your source of all things rugby league. Uh, just because the off-season has stopped doesn't mean hard workers behind the scene have. Dan, what is coming up for us? And please don't tell me it's more ratings by Scotty. Well, you know, this seems to be a weekly bash Scotty segment and he loves it. Scott's going to post something on Monday, I believe, that will probably not sit well with a lot of people because everyone has an opinion. He's going to post his top 50 NRL players. Now, oh, cool. This is always a lot of fun because I like comparing it to the... I drop a, you know, an unofficial list in after he does. And after you get past about the top six or seven, it becomes a real who's next. So, yeah, look, you could post the perfect one to 50 and the guy next to you is going to go, I'd have 17 and 16. You're the worst person ever. Hope mm-hmm. you, you know, fall over on the way home. So the reaction's always good. This one will go ballistic. I'm looking forward to it. I uh, got a lot of... Um, I'm bringing back... Well, I, I, I bet you, I bet you Mitch Kenny isn't in there. No, look, I, I've heard nothing but comments, both positive and mainly negative, about Mitch Kenny being ranked four in the grand final. I think he was a little hard done by Scott, but that's why they're paying the big bucks, mate. I wasn't there making my rating. So, you know, a lot of people, when you question them, what would you have done? Well, I wouldn't have given him a four. What would you have done? Oh, not giving him a four. Well, that's the kind of thing you get. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. And I'm going to bring back my top ten players in every position, which made me very, very popular in last year's... Um, off-season. I think I had Dylan Edwards number two and was literally the worst person ever. So uh, let's go again. It's going to be a fun week. Zero tackle. You know, we're not stopping. It's the off-season for NRL, but it ain't the off-season for us. Now, this is where the news starts coming from, so make sure that you're checking uh, uh, Zero Tackle on a daily basis. Turn your subscriptions and notifications, everything on. Uh, make sure you're hammering Scotty and Dan because they absolutely love it. And uh, we'll see you next week.